his first run and a good one. Williams outside, 15, keeps his feet, and Williams finds the end zone, and he is in for a touchdown. On second down, here's a toss. Here is Lucas. Jalen Lucas, that great speed, keeps his feet inside the 30. Lucas, 10, 5, touchdown, Indiana. It's Henderson cutting back and finding the end zone. Touchdown, Indiana. Happy New Year, everyone. This is the Hoosier Happy Hour with no brag, just Seth and I. Episode 186, 186 hours of content. And this one may be one of the best ones ever. Um, This is Hoosier Happy Hour presented by Big Banter. This is me, Brandon Dubich. You can follow me at Brandon Dubich on Twitter. I refuse to call it X. And fortunately, we still have Seth with us. Seth, thank you so much for taking time to chat with us today. If you haven't done it already, you can unblock him because it's no longer football season. And, you know, maybe we want to get Seth's opinion on the Bears draft position or want to see his reaction when Purdue loses in March again. These are all going to be entertaining things. So go follow Seth at Satoff 5 um, But first, I'm going to stop talking. I'm going to get out of the way because Seth sat down with four-star center go recruit Tyler Cherry to discuss why he chose IU and much more. Seth, before we start it, tell us a little bit about the interview. Yeah, um, while my depression may be amusement for other people, um, you might get some real amusement out of Tyler Cherry. This guy, he's smart. He's nice. I keep waiting to to meet with one of these guys, sit down with him and be like, oh, what a prick. I just, <laughs> I can't wait for him to fail at IU. Um, but every time I talk to one of these guys, they come off as just great guys. He's smart, really has it together between the shoulders. And uh, I think you guys are getting a gem. Perfect. Um, love hearing that. Um, hear a little bit more now with the interview with Tyler Cherry. Hey, Tyler, thanks for joining us. I appreciate you uh, coming on and and uh, taking some time in the new year. Yeah, no, thank you. I really appreciate you having me on, and I couldn't be more excited. Thank you. Oh, it's awesome. I know there's a lot of people who are very pumped uh, for you to be coming on board. Uh, one of the things I am very fascinated by is just, uh, if we can hop straight into this, if you don't mind, is um, the pipeline that Center Grove has, has really created um, is, you know, is it is it Eric Moore? Are they putting something in the water down there? Um, what is it about Center Grove that's really producing some high end talent here lately? Yeah, you know the coaching staff is is something that every kid uh, could ask for coming through high school. Um, coach Moore does a great job just leading the program. He's one of the best coaches I've ever been around. He's a Hall of Fame coach. He knows how to lead, and and he's just a great coach to play for. And then you get into the position coaches. Um, my quarterback coach, Coach Siderwitz, um, he does a great job just every single day, day in and day out. Um, preparing us to be ready to play and just to, to improve and develop ourselves. Oh, that's awesome. And I know there's been a lot of, a lot of players who have come through there. A lot of quarterbacks, especially have been coming through there, um, especially even Taven before. Um, and I know you've had some family members as well who have played quarterback. Um, what is that kind of experience? I mean, just having all of these guys available uh, to you uh, for tutelage, what has that done to help you grow as a quarterback? Yeah, it gives you so many resources just as just as a young kid. You're you're looking up to all these guys. And then once you step into their shoes, you know, they're still there to to help you. And if you ever have any questions or anything, they're there for you. And 
like you said, my uncles both played quarterback at Center Grove. So um, asking them any questions that I ever have about anything. So just good to have a bunch of resources like that and a community like Center Grove where that's available. That's awesome. Um, let's talk a little bit about your recruitment process as well, if you don't mind. Um, you know, I think there was some writing on the wall when Duke had um, the coaching change, obviously, that went through there with him moving on to Texas A&M. Um, and you decommitted. And I think there was a high degree of speculation that, hey, you know, there's kind of kind of some synergy here, some some coincidence. Um, can you talk a little bit about kind of the decommitment process and um, and what the you know, what kind of the ultimate plan was originally going to Duke? Yeah, so I, I kind of fell in love with Duke. That was my first choice there coming out of the full recruiting process out of out of everyone. I made that back in May, um, wanted to have that all figured out before my season in summer and everything going into that. So got that out of the way and, and was happy with my decision. Um, but once there started to be rumors about everything with, with Coach Elko leaving the Michigan State or Texas A&M, wherever they were thinking he was going to go, it started to open up a little bit for me. I kind of I had some other schools reach out, you know. Um, and then once Indiana landed coach Signetti and those guys, they, they reached out almost immediately and, and were already talking to me before that I had even decommitted officially. So, um, they, they knew what they were doing and they, they got on me quick. So once I, once I officially decommitted from Duke, it was, it was really down to Michigan state and, um, Indiana down the stretch between those two, both new coaching staffs and, and stuff like that. But in the end, I really fell in love with the, with the hometown school of Indiana and the new coaching staff with, with coach Signetti, coach Shanahan and, and coach Tino. So I'm really pumped to, to be a Hoosier. That's great. Um, what was the differentiating factor then ultimately between um, IU and Michigan state? Was it, you know, just the five degrees warmer weather? Um, what was, uh, what was ultimately the deciding factor about, you know, like you said, uh, the really interesting comparison is both have new regimes coming in, new coaching staffs who really would have that freshman quarterback to, you know, be that establishing rock for the, you know, for the first season coming in. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, there's a lot of comparable factors between the two schools, big 10 schools, new coaching staffs coming in. Um, I think it just came down to the to the coaching staff of, of Indiana. Coach Signetti and those guys recruited me. They did a great job. Um, I just couldn't I, I couldn't see myself anywhere else besides Indiana after being down there multiple times and and getting to be around those guys and feel the vibe that they give off. They just it's just something that you can't ask for coming into college, anything better than that. So just really looking forward to it and excited. That's awesome. So now I'm going to ask you to be a little bit critical of yourself here. Now I don't, not in a bad way, um, but just as far as a self scouting report, you know, what are we getting at IU? Um, you know, over the you know three to five years you're potentially going to be here. Uh, you know, what is the average IU fan going to get out of uh, out of the Tyler Cherry quarterback? Yeah, I'm going to come in. I'm going to be the best leader I can be um, around my teammates. Um, I'm going to be the guy that's going to work as hard as stay in the weight room as, as long as I can and, and stay in the film room, study as much as I can. I'm always going to be prepared um, on the field. I'm going to, I got a big arm, really accurate and, and can make some plays with my legs as well when needed um, off the field. I'm just going to try, try to be my best to be a good person and, and impact the community in the best way possible. Oh, I mean, that's refreshing to hear. I think you always want to make sure that you're, uh, you know, balanced in everything that you do. Um, so having that uh, off the field priority is definitely important. Um, speaking of off the field priorities, this is always a weird one with the NIL, with the new shape of the the changing landscape of, of college football, um, playing in the Big Ten, especially with the shifting sands of the of the you know, of the realignment of the conference schedule. What does it mean to play in the big 10? I know you originally aligned in the ACC and then we came back, you know, it was down to the two big 10 schools. You know, is there something about the big 10 that means a little bit more? Uh, can you talk a little bit about that maybe? 
Yeah, yeah. Growing up in, in Big Ten country here in Indiana, those are the games that you watch are all the Big Ten, the new big noon kickoffs, all those games. So it kind of feels like being at home playing in the Big Ten. I feel like it's something that was that was meant to be after um, leaving the ACC there when I was officially committed to Duke. But I think just being back back home um, and, and being committed to Indiana and, and the Big Ten is something that is pretty special for me just growing up watching all those games as a little kid. Awesome. Um, do you have any plans on enrolling early? Do you, what, what's your plan for, uh, you know, for spring semester? Yeah, I'm actually enrolling early down at Indiana. I move in on, on the third here in two days on Wednesday. So looking oh. forward to that class to start on the eighth and I'm ready to get going. Oh goodness. It's great to be young. That's fantastic. <laughs> um, you know, that that's, that's awesome. Is there anything you're really excited about? What's your first thing about getting on campus here? You know, shoot, I mean, in three days, I was going to say in, in the summer, um, but yeah. what are you looking forward to most about getting on campus? Yeah, I'm just excited to get down, get to feel a campus. Uh, my mom went to school at Indiana, so she's kind of given me some, some backgrounds of everything, but I'm excited to get down there and get the feel for myself. Um, just a big, big school, lots of people excited to meet some new friends and stuff, get in there with the football team. Um, it's all new for all of us with the new coaching staff. So I'm excited to learn, learn as much as I can from the, the people around me and, and just have a great college experience. Awesome. All right. One last football related question before we move on to some more um, kind of, you know, blase topics here. Um, let's do um, who would you compare your or not compare yourself to, but who um, aside from, you know, family members, aside from center Grove guys um, you know, who would you compare yourself to? Who do you look up to as a quarterback? Um, you know, influences. Yeah, no, as a player, um, I see myself as, as a Justin Herbert, Josh Allen guy, um, big guys that can move and, and have good arms. I've always, I like to watch a lot of their tape and study what they do. So um, when I'm in my meantime, I like to watch and, and learn as much as I, I can from those guys. They just do a great job. And those are probably my two biggest NFL quarterbacks that I look after. Oh, nobody's going to complain about those two comparisons. That's for sure. All right. Uh, we're going to transition to some fun stuff here. Um, hype music. What do you listen to before a game? What's your what's your go to track? Or well, I shouldn't say track. I'm so old. Sorry. Um, what's what you know? <laughs> what do you put on the headphones to to get hyped up before a game? Yeah, you know, it's it's usually usually the locker rooms bumping with whatever music whoever's on Ox. I'm not the big Ox guy, but um, I'll put my headphones in and zone in. I'll listen to some Drake. I'll listen to some old school ACDC. Just whatever I'm feeling, just to get me going. Awesome. What about your pregame meal? Or maybe it's a postgame meal. I was always a postgame meal. I couldn't eat before a game. Um, what is your like go to either pregame or postgame meal? Pregame meal, I'll have to say is um, the the team moms cater in Texas Roadhouse, uh, mini cheeseburger sliders. Those are those are the all time favorite there. Um, postgame meals got to be uh, something from Culver's, probably a double cheeseburger with some cheese curds. Right on, dude. All right. Um, favorite non football pro team. Favorite no. Um, I'm gonna have to go with the. Let's see here. It's a tough choice. I'm gonna go with the Portland Trailblazers. They're my favorite basketball team. Um, I used to love watching Damian Lillard when I was little, watching him play for those guys. But he's gone now, so it's hard to stay. I'm still a big fan, but I'll I'll go with those guys. All right, right on. Um, my last question before I get you out here. Um. I, I, you know, I anticipated this going to be something that maybe you didn't have an answer for, but now that you're, you know, two or three days away from, from starting classes uh, or from at least stepping foot on campus, do you have a major picked out? I don't have anything officially picked out. I'm looking to get into the Kelly school of business. Um, like I said, my mom went to Indiana and that's what she did as well. She graduated from the Kelly school. So I'm looking to get in the business area. I'm not a hundred percent sure exactly what I want to do. Uh, maybe business management, something like that, but definitely want to get, try and get into the Kelly school of business. 
Awesome. Well, hey, thank you so much, Tyler, for, for joining us today. Um, happy New Year. We wish you nothing but success moving forward. Um, you know, thanks again. Appreciate it. Yeah, no, thank you. I really appreciate you having me on. It's good to talk to you. Thank you. All right, guys, we are back. How was that? That was pretty awesome. Um, I, I could listen to that. Seth, you knocked it out of the ballpark, but you came second place. I still don't interview. know where I came up with Blase from. I was like in the middle of the interview. I had it all lined up. I'm like, segue, segue. I don't know where that came from, but whatever. Who cares? Nobody said we were professionals. We're <laughs> fans, just like all of you listening. Um, thank you, Tyler. Thank you, Seth. Thank you, everyone, for listening on to that. Now, let's get into our show. But first, like always, we got to do a little bit of housekeeping. Actually, the opposite of housekeeping, house cleaning. Um, fire sale, fire sale, fire sale. Um you guys got some gift cards. You guys got some cash from grandma. That cousin that didn't know what to get you gave you 20 bucks in your stocking. That All Visa merch. gift cards you have to activate by calling some weird 1-800 number. Yeah. They're not even a QR code. You, you actually have to dial a number. Shirts are 10 bucks. Stickers are free with every purchase. Go buy it. Get it vintage. Go make fun of a friend. Who cares? I don't care what you do it for. Just buy it, because um, if you buy it, then we can go get more merch. That's the way it works. There will be no Hoosier Happy Hour stickers. There will be no Hoosier Happy Hour shirts. There will be no other Hoosier Happy Hour stuff until we can blow this stuff out. So do the dang thing and go get some merch. Um, while you're on that, jump onto our socials. Happy Hour IUFB. Uh, check out the link in the bio on Twitter or on Instagram for more details. And guess what, guys? We gave you that Tyler Cherry interview for free because he's awesome. It's an awesome interview. Um, but if you join our Patreon for $3 a month, not only are you going to get discount on all future merch up to 20%, but you're going to get exclusive player interviews that we are going to ramp up in the offseason. It's really tough to do in-season interviews. The players are busy. We're knocking out two podcasts a week. It's really hard to do. We are going to have some time to get in the front of some players, possibly some coaches. So jump on $3 a month on Patreon, um, and you're going to get some awesome stuff from now until next season. Speaking of next season, Seth, there's been a few things in the news. IU and non-IU related, huh? So let's start with the fun one, because this one at least made me laugh. Um, unfortunately, at your expense, obviously. But let's start with the Phil Dunham tweet. What what was going on here, Brandon? So um, I'm going to tell a story. I'm going to redact names. But I work for a company that a lot of companies. You got to wear a lot of hats, right? So um, this guy had to fill in for a role. And um, when we refilled that role, he was like, no, I want to do that job. And we're like, no, we hired someone else. You, you got to go back to your old job. He's like, no, no, but I want to do that job. Buddy, that job ain't here for you anymore. And, and unfortunately, that's what I think happened to Phil Dunham. Phil Dunham went into the portal. He went to go find greener pasture. He thought he could just come right back. This is all conjecture. Guys, I don't know this. This is how I read the situation. I think he thought he had a one-way ticket back on the team. Not so fast, my friend, to channel my inner Lee Corso. Um, yeah, I think he just assumed he could walk right back into the door, and the door was locked. 
Did, did you read the situation the same way? I have no idea. With some of these things, it, it could be a simple mistake. It could be one of those things where it was a misunderstanding. I have no idea. I never want to blame a 20, 21, 22 year old kid. Of for, course. You know, some some silly thing like that. Um, it's just for me, when I said it was comical, it's just the idea of, um, you know, uh, a little bit of embarrassment for the other side when it's just like, hey, that guy, you know, uh, tweeted something and I had to delete it right away. Um, and that's, that's always unfortunate. But I think what we're going to get into here soon is there's a real numbers crunch that's about to happen. And again, I don't want to get too far ahead of it. Let's talk. We'll talk about this big weekend that's coming up. Um, but you really have to start, you know, unfortunately for Phil, there's a squeeze that's happening in real time. And especially with this window opening up this this week, um, you know, there, there may be a couple other guys who have some very tough conversations. Phil Dunham has had some really high moments. He's made some clutch interceptions, some clutch mm-hmm. tackles. His play also against Michigan State, where he's tried stripping Malik Carr and he just walked in the end zone, unfortunately. And we, a game we lost by three points. Those those aren't the reasons why this happened, but I'm I'm just saying, Phil Dunham, we love you. We've been super complimentary of you on this podcast, but I think you got. I think him and all other players have to realize they aren't in complete control when they go into the portal. I think that is a harsh realization that Phil conjecture by me, unfortunately may have found out, but I think all players across the country, hundreds of players are going to find out that the grass may not be greener and you only have a guarantee for the guarantee that you made the pledge for originally. Um, Let's this isn't on there, but let's let's talk about another guy kind of experiencing right that right now. Let's talk about Jalen Lucas. He's a guy who flirted last year, is flirting now. There's not too many roster spots left. No, and we know the talent Jalen Lucas has, but sometimes you have to understand your own value. That's something about growing up, right? You you do job interviews, right? I applying someone like me and you to someone like Phil and Phil and and Jalen are are not that's apples and oranges, but you got to understand what your worth is and understand the reality of the situation. And that's tough for a 19 to 22 year old. Yeah. I always talk, I always talk about a mutually beneficial relationship is you have to have a situation for employee and employers. Uh, Same thing with coaches and and recruits or or players is both sides have to be getting something positive out of the situation. And sometimes uh, the reality and the expectations, or I don't want to say ego for this case. I don't, I don't, I don't know anything about that, but, um, but, you know, maybe just the reality and, and what the actual fit is are, are two different things. And sometimes it's a hard, you know, it's, it's a hard reality to hit when what you see yourself may not be how other people see how they can benefit from you. Um yep. And and that's unfortunate, but but also that's a, again you talk about the risk reward of going into the portal is, oh you know I could go out there and somebody could love fall in love with what I have to offer, uh, but then the opposite could be true as well as they could like what I do, but but they may see something that uh, they, they just may not see the fit that I see. Yeah, exactly. It, it's things are opening up for players, but things are also getting complicated. If that makes sense. Yeah, it's, it's trying to weave that you know fine line of how to how do you describe all of those intricacies of the experience right now? 
And and being in that nebulous right now is a very dangerous place to be, especially at this time of year when rosters are really starting to settle in. Yep. And I think this is actually a perfect segue to, to our next segment here. There really used to only be one window, right? Well, two win- Well, there were 10 years ago, there was one window, and that was recruiting period, right? And then graduate transfer came, right? So then there was two periods. And then early signing period and late signing period came. So then there was three periods, right? Now there's portal during camp, portal during the season, portal after the season, early recruiting period, late recruiting period, spring spring portal. Like there are so many windows now um, that again makes makes it difficult for the coaches makes it difficult for the players mostly um it it's it's fun for us because it's kind of nonstop content for us content creators right but there's a harsh reality that i think is sitting in um all across the college landscape no i, I think you're spot on and i think uh, the transfer window that we're going in right now and and having the visits you're coming onto campus right now, uh, the list is quite long. Uh, and I think so there's this a lot is of there's some impact bowl. players. Yeah. So now there again, there's so there's fall camp portal, in season portal, postseason portal, now post bowl portal. Mm-hmm. Like a tongue twister. Um, but let me tell you guys, if you haven't had the chance to check out who's visiting over the next four days. There's nine guys, and I think almost all of them would yep. be starters. At least six of these guys would be instant starters um, on this team, which is pretty crazy with a roster that's already at 86. My number's 87. I've read 86. Um, doesn't really matter. You can only have 85. So we're visiting nine. Seth is what is your opinion of this before we get into the names of it? I have to think because this is this is the last portal window for early enrollee. All nine of these have to be takes, right? Yeah. Like you're not wasting this early signee window for non-takes. Yeah. That would put the number at 90. Yeah, they're all positions of need, uh, which I think is all but one. All but one. Sure, sure. Yeah. Um, but of course, I think the one that you're referring to might be the crown jewel of the group. <laughs> All and right, talk about a, a loaded wide receiver room. Right. All right. Let's um let's get into it. Um. So the first one is T.J. Jackson, defensive tackle. We've been on this pod multiple times saying, "What separated Indiana from the other really good Big Ten teams? It's the trenches." the trenches um and tj jackson is a run stuffer right he is a the number 19th defensive lineman in the portal he's from troy now for those that don't maybe don't follow sunbelt troy was unbelievable Mm -hmm. this year and how are they unbelievable their defense their defense was one of the best defenses in the country. And it all started up front with this guy. Um, 
Bragg didn't fill it out. I think he only has one year of eligibility. I think that's what I read as well. Yeah, he's been a couple he has, days. He just has years of eligibility, which with no number on it. But I'm not going to Ron Burgundy this. I'm pretty sure when I did my research, he only has one year of eligibility left. Um, but this guy, again, position of need, always in the Big Ten. It doesn't mem- right now, according to Peegs, the defensive line only has six guys. Yeah. Six. That's a position in need with a really good player, TJ Jackson uh, from Troy. What's another position group? Secondary, specifically corner. Cameron. Now, I like our starting corners, but how many times has injuries on the outside plagued? So often. I think right now you got Kobe Miner and a combination of Jameer Johnson, JoJo Johnson, and Jamari Sharp. You got to feel okay with those four. Right, but just okay. Um, definitely something that I think we need to bring more in, or at least backfill, right? Because because you look you look at Kobe Miner senior, you look at Jameer Johnson senior, you look at JoJo Johnson senior, right? So here is Cameron Calhoun coming from the school. That's what what is what is the school he's doing playing for? Playing for the national title on Monday night. Playing for the national title. This guy was a four-star coming out. He's a four-star transfer. This guy is a stud. Pedigree. Mm-hmm. He hasn't done much. I think he's only played two games, so we don't really know. But there's one thing I trust, Seth, and it's Michigan's scouting practices. Yes. <laughs> I hear they're... <laughs> <laughs> Pretty good. They're in they're reading. in game. <laughs> I think they're pretty good at figuring out the signals of what makes a player good or not. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, that's enough bad, bad pun jokes. Here was the one that I don't understand. Mm-hmm. And and we were actually different. Um, running back Elijah Green from North Carolina. You know we love some North Carolina running back transfers. Um, the only thing that intrigues me here, Seth, because he's um, I love our running back room. I really do. We have seven of them right now. Seven of them. But the reason I like it is this guy has multiple years of eligibility. Yeah, I think he would be a play for for 2025 more than 2024, because as I see it right now, you have a three headed monster running back between you have the powerful bruising thunder uh in in howland you have uh henderson who's kind of the every down back who can do yep. anything you want to do um you have the who was the transfer you guys just got who's the third down receiver what there's is it from two J- of them from actually jmu uh, two, there's like, two of them mm-hmm. tyshawn lawton is Thank the one you. we that was covered the, that was the one Aylin black of. is the one we didn't cover um we'll, we'll cover some of the other transfers um, that, that we didn't cover. And then the Wake we... Forest guy, Justice. Um, yeah. So, I mean, you have a dearth of running backs there where it's, or, or you have a, a lot of running backs there who have talent. Like, I, if I'm Elijah Green, I'm like, that's a pretty loaded room, man. So maybe yeah. if you're looking at me for 25, great. I can be the feature back. We can roll. But uh, I mean, Howland probably still will be back in 2025 as well. But, anyways, um, you know, it's, I don't know, but. It, Hell, it's hard to turn down bodies. It, not only that, North it's Carolina also, has produced a lot of good running backs lately. <laughs> gosh, they're putting dudes in the NFL every yeah, year. Their guy this um, year is a stud too. Yeah. Um, 
Also, I love seeing guys not wanting to run away from competition. One, that's the right kind of guy. Mm -hmm. And two, I like to think, Seth, you've never seen me in full sales mode. I like to think I'm a really good salesman. I don't know how they're pitching these running backs. Like I want to, I want, I want a sales lesson from Coach Sig and the running backs coach to figure out how they keep adding bodies to that running back room. Well, whatever he's working doing with the quarterbacks is working. So I, I yeah, yeah, I'd be interested to hear what that pitch is because it seems to be effective in a, in a um, lot of different Elijah, positions. you're good and can probably play at any power five. Come fight with three other super seniors. I don't know how that sales pitch goes, but it's going to happen this week. Um, yeah. Let's jump to a uh, position of me need we already covered. Uh, and this is a weird one. I think this may get in the murkiness that we're going to talk about a little bit, but we got DB Justin Harris. He's from Cincy. I know of a couple DBs from Cincy mm-hmm. that are enjoying Sundays right now. He has an awesome 2023 stat line. 31 tackles, six pass breakups, three TFLs, and one interception. Um, And he committed to Texas State, which won its bowl game, beat Rice. That was, I I did really well. Yeah, I was going to say that that one paid off for me. Um, So he was committed to Texas State, but did you, I didn't know this rule. Justin Harris taught me this rule. When transfers don't sign like an LNLI, they're not on a team until they step onto campus and register for classes. Yeah. So this is a really weird thing. So that's an interesting I didn't know about, but I have noticed this ongoing trend of this cycle of players entering the portal, committing to one school, and then re-entering the portal. Yep. It's, uh, you, you've seen it a couple of times with a couple of the Indiana transfers. The, the, the tackle that went from Colorado to Oregon. Mm-hmm. Benson. Benson. Um, and yep. then also with, um, oh goodness, why am I thinking that the lineman who came in from Oregon, then he committed to, I, uh, he came to IU, then he went to Oregon State, and now he's back in the portal again. Uh, Anthony uh, Jones. Jones. Yeah. Jones, yeah. Um, so, I mean, it, it's a really interesting little concept where they'll commit because they have to commit because they need to make sure they're a body they're yeah. counted as a body as well. So they make sure they have a home and then they're like, okay, well maybe I committed a little too soon. Maybe, maybe the fun belt oh. isn't quite the level I'm at. Maybe I'm a little above that. And now they start searching again. It, it's a really interesting process. Yeah. One year of eligibility. He fits in that super senior. Um, Again, it had a really good year at, at Cincy. I'd take Justin playmaker. Harris if you're, if in, you're looking in, at in a DB second. who's making tackles for loss, that's a that's a special thing, and I look at those six PBUs as six interceptions that were you know yep. just a half a step away or half a you know a, a fingertip away. Yep. Um, our offensive line is looking pretty nice. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the first time I think I've been able to say that since early Tom Allen, late um, Kevin Wilson. When you said eight- the when you said the biggest difference was in the trenches between Indiana and a lot of the other Big Ten schools. I wanted to say, as the season went on, the offensive line wasn't so bad. It was really the defensive line that was really the only big deficit. But yeah, well, talk about big Jacoby Jackson, six six three twenty. They have him as a guard, uh, or he played guard at uh, at Texas Tech. Um, he's got tackle size, yeah, uh, for sure. Definitely on the left side of the line for a righty quarterback. Um, but he's got two years remaining as well, so he can coach Bob can coach him up. 
he's not my number one, um, but he, you know he's right up there for me with TJ Jackson um, on, on guys that I think again um, will play if if I don't know about Stark because again I really like our offensive line right now, um, but you can't teach six six three twenty with power five experience. No bodies again on the offensive line depth bodies never turn down a size like that with experience. Yep. Yep. Here's one thing I just didn't get to because I, you have a job that you work very hard in. I have a job I got to work really hard in. We got safety Terry Jones, whose stats don't make sense. Mm-hmm. Like they'd be insane stats for a video game. This guy is a safety Terry Jones from Old Dominion. He, he's a little bit more of an in the box safety to be, but yes. So, so that's why I, I didn't look up any highlights. I didn't look to see what kind of defense ultimate. Those are the things that like, if I had time to dig into this, I, I would have, I didn't He had 107 tackles in a season. Insane. 107 tackles that some people just know how to find the ball. That's what I always said about Micah McFadden. That's what, you know, um, about cam, right? Um, some guys just know how to find the ball carrier, this right now here, I think again, I don't want to rip former players. I feel like our safety depth hasn't been great for years. Who who's the guy that we sent to the Broncos? I'm blanking on his name. Uh Bragg would instantly say it. We haven't had an impact safety. We've had good safeties. We've had serviceable safeties. But since him, he was on the Indiana 2020 team. I can't think of his name. Um, but he got drafted to the Broncos and he, he doesn't start, but he, he plays, um, is that anyway, one of the Johnsons? No, I don't remember. Doesn't matter. It uh, does matter actually. But anyway, Harry Jones is my number two of this entire list of guys. I want, um, too many times did we got beat on the back end and I don't think this guy lets that happen. And it wasn't just one season, Seth. He had 63 tackles in 22, 69 tackles A-O, in 21. Jamar Johnson. I was right. Jamar yeah. Johnson. Yep. Like this guy is a difference maker. And he's a super senior. Mm-hmm. Looking on it right now, there's a reason we haven't done a two deep, guys. I know every other IU football podcast is doing a two deep. Why? We don't know the way it's going to shake out. I don't know if there's a safety that jumps out to you right now. You got Sengeti, right? But and I think Sengeti's a good safety, but he he's not unserpable, right? Same with Nick Toomer. Same with Bryson Bonds. All these guys, they're good, but they're not solidified their place in the starting lineup. Good, Terry Jones. Uh, are you with me? One of to me. One of the top guys in this in this class coming. Or yeah, this- absolutely. I think this has got to be one of the priorities. If you're saying, you know, you can only get six of these nine or you can only get four of these nine, um, whatever that number is, he has to be above that cut line. Yep. Um, because, again, you've mentioned the players who are there who are on the roster currently. None of those guys are going to be hurt by bringing in high level competition, experienced competition. None of those guys are going to 
uh, you know, be detrimental are, are going to are going to have some kind of negative effect from learning from 40 years of consistent play of having what is that over 300 of tackles um, over four year career. Nobody is going to be dumber or worse <laughs> as a result of having that guy on your team. Yeah, no, I'm I'm all aboard the Terry Jones train. Um, almost the exact opposite here um, in, in Grady Kelly. Defensive, another trenches guy from Colorado State. Um, freshman All-American. Those don't grow on trees at all. Um, and again, you can't have enough bodies. Again, I, I mentioned the number six. We got six guys on the defensive line coming in, and three of them are juniors. You need guys with multiple years, and Grady Kelly fits that. And he, he, he's been a freshman All-American, so he, he, he's done it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, again, the, the six is a number that should scare the pants off of most of you guys. That's just not enough bodies. So, again, if we're talking about if we're prioritizing the top four, top six of these nine guys, uh, he's definitely on that top six. Uh, oh God, you definitely need, uh, if it's not him, uh, you need another body. And I don't see an- another defensive tackle available right now showing interest uh, who would fill that same role in a way that he would and also have the eligibility remaining uh, that benefits yep. you long term. Yep. So he- here's actually, this is an interesting one because I actually like our linebacking room. Eight guys in a four-three, that's pretty good. Right. I, I don't I don't think linebacker is a huge position of need. Um, certainly not like the, the DB room and the defensive line room. Um, but Jaden McDonald is the leading tackler from that Troy defense we were talking about earlier. 73 tackles, nine and a half tackles for loss. He was the anchor. He probably he wasn't the most talented guy on that Troy team. But he was the anchor of that defense, that nation-leading Troy defense. I'm not sure how you say no to that guy. My thing kind of goes back up to Elijah Green. Why is he coming here? I love it. I love it. I think he could compete for a starting spot immediately um, on this team. But pretty crazy. Yeah, absolutely. And I think um, as far as it goes, he's one of those guys who he's exhausted, not exhausted, but he's he's kind of gone to the height of where he can go at his level. And he really wants to put himself on display in his last year by going to a big school and then ultimately, hopefully parlaying that into, um, you know, a professional career. Yep. Yep. Totally agree. Let's talk about the one that I think everyone probably wants to talk about, and that's Elijah Serrett. Um, our wide receiver room could be top three in the Big Ten um, uh, coming into the year, and we might be getting the second or third best guy on the team visiting this weekend. That is Elijah Serrett, 6'2", 82 catches, 1,200 yards, eight touchdowns, two years of eligibility. This guy is potential all Big Ten, Seth. This is the thing that it's an embarrassment of riches because you have so many receivers who are already on the roster who you feel comfortable with, and you still have Cam Camper who's already in the uh, you know, who's already in the portal, and you're like, oh, you know, it'd be great if he came back, but you know, 
probably mm-hmm. won't happen just because of a sheer number crunch and just the over signing. Um, but this guy is the crown jewel, the experience. Yep. And you have to figure that with the everybody else from JMU coming this way, there's an entire exodus of, of this East Coast talent coming from JMU. We have to be the favorites, right? I, I don't... He, he again i don't think this is has to be a two-way street here right 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 these guys aren't visiting if they're not serious because they can't visit anywhere else i mean they could but if they want to be an early signee it's pretty pretty thin window here so i would have to think everyone like everyone visiting in this early enroll window is equally as interested as iu is yeah especially since he we six coaches seven coaches including the head coach and what was the total amount of players? Nine at least. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Total. Again, it has to be more than that. We just signed seven in the last period. So that's, that's double digits. I'm way off on my numbers there, but yeah, Elijah Serrett, the crown jewel, um, him and Terry Jones are the two that I want. Elijah Serrett is an all big 10 player. Um, It's embarrassing. Or Richards is the way to put it. Um, We got about, we got about 10 minutes left here. And there's two things I want to want to um, bring up, and this is just a short topic because I think the other one's a longer one. Hold on, do the and, pro, do the promo real quick, just so we can get that out of the way. Okay, cool, cool, cool. You guys know who it is. Back to the show, and that is, I can't believe JMU James Madison's fan base is reacting the way they are. Oh, you're still we've on lost them. coaches, oh, goodness. players haven't. It's <laughs> it's only getting more embarrassing, Seth. Have you ever seen a fan base lash? Even Purdue. Yes, mine books. last year. <laughs> we did this. <laughs> yes, I, I know what you're saying. It's absolutely true. It's it's a hard, it's it's the only thing I can equate it to is the losing of like a girlfriend. It's like you see her thriving with this new boyfriend, and you're like, that son of a oh. I hate, did you love I Louisville getting them. spoked in the bowl game? Oh, then? yeah, of course. I made money off it, too, and it felt great. But, yeah, it's, um, you know, it, time heals all wounds. JMU has a nice infrastructure. Whoever came in there, I forgot, whatever. I'm sure it was a great hire. I'm sure he'll do fine. They'll be they'll be fine. They'll get over it. Winning cures everything. Time moves on. All right, next one. All right. So it, it's got to be the topic on every Hoosier fan mm-hmm. um, mind is, are we experiencing the football version of creening? For those that don't know what creening <laughs> is, Tom Crean in the early years used to constantly oversign and kind of hold tryouts in, in the summer sessions. Um, I think we're seeing that version of it. And I don't have any problem with it at all. We no. we've talked about it this entire time. These kids are making that decision. Are you telling me they haven't talked with the coaches or their parents knowing that there isn't seven other guys in that running back room, that there aren't four other quarterbacks in that quarterback room, right? You made the decision. Go earn your spot. Personally, I love it. Yeah, I mean, I can only relate it to what I've experienced and, you know, watching kind of like my nephew get recruited from NAI Division three levels like they're very transparent with the with the players. They're like, we have four shooting guards. You're coming in. You'll be the fifth one. If you want to come in here and ride the bench for three years. Great. By year four, you can play. 
Um, other times they're like, you know, we have nobody. The cupboard is bare. Come in. And if you just have a pulse, we'll literally give you 10 to 15 minutes a game. Um, so just depending on, you know, how yeah. transparent they are. And then at the end of the season, they're like, yeah, we're bringing in five new shooting guards next year. And it might be tough shit for you, but they end up having the same things that we have with our employees every year during yep. the review process. They have them with their players. And so I expect these conversations to be very transparent, but at the same time, pushing those people and encouraging the competition. So I have zero concerns about over, you know, <laughs> over, you know, what, what do you, what do you call it? Uh, over signing, over signing, creating, I, I think. You know, Kareen was a little bit more of a blowhard and that I think he thought every one of his players was going to go pro after their freshman year. So he constantly had to recruit 13 players to replace every roster because he thought he was going to be the next Calipari. Anyways, uh, that's besides the fact. Um, I think from from the way that we're seeing the evolution of the transfer protos, uh, protocol is the, the post-spring signing period because the, the emphasis now on the spring program and then the, ultimately the spring game you now have a mass exodus after the spring game because they're saying, holy shit, I've looked at the three deep and I'm barely on that. I just yep. I just played against every one of my compatriots and they just whooped my ass. I need to go somewhere else if I have any chance of getting playing time. So yep. I think I think you're going to have the expectation that probably five to seven guys are going to be leaving uh, come April. So you have to over uh, overstaff. <laughs> so again, I'm going back to my, you know, my hiring terms. You kind of, you overstaff because you anticipate there's going to be, you know, not layoffs, but you know, maybe, maybe you have some retirees coming off board or something like that. Um, so yeah, attention. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's a smart move and, and I think he is playing it safe now that he has the resources that to go after players where he's not, you know, in a situation where he has to be desperate for players where he's like, okay, now, now I have a little bit more power and I can be more discerning in, in who we bring on and, uh, who we bring in for visits. We all love the stories of walk-on players getting scholarships. Mm -hmm. You know what's better than, than the stories of walk-ons getting scholarships? Adding guys like Elijah Sarah, Terry Jones, um, TJ Jackson. Yeah. Th that's better. You it's know? even better than a three- or four-star recruit because you know that these guys have played on a college level. You don't have to worry about do their skills translate from a high school to a to a, to a college game. Now it's they we know that they can produce at a college game. Can they go from a mid-tier to a high-tier? And right. that's, a, that's so, a hell of a lot smaller jump in a lot of cases. So the thing that I love, and I, I know we got about 90 seconds here before we got before we got to get out of here, the thing that I wanted to say to, to kind of – the thing that I love – and and Coach Sig was very apparent about this in multiple interviews. He ranks every single player he has, from the first player to the last player. I'm not Coach Sig. I can't answer for this. But if he thinks Elijah Sherritt's going to be the eighth best player, he's going to add the eighth best player, and the 85th player gets cut. Yep. If TJ Jackson can be the 12th best player, he's going to add the 12th best player, and the 84th player gets cut. That is phenomenal management of a program. That is phenomenal management of a roster that is not holding or loyalty for loyalty's sake. That is tough business, but that is good business. What do you think? I think Signetti's on fire. I think he is an absolute home run. I think he is doing things the right way, and he is building a roster in a way that makes sense. And I think if you're an IU fan, you have to have expectations, maybe not super high, but at least um, you know your optimism. For sure. has to be high. 
Perfect. Great outro, guys. Everyone, thank you so much. Tyler Cherry, thank you so much. Be sure to check out the pod on Twitter, Instagram, and threads at Happy Hour IUFB. And make sure to follow our our partner, Big Banter, for all the latest updates involving podcasts from 13 other top-notch pods that cover all the teams in the conference. Be sure to download, follow, rate, and review to all of our platforms. See everybody. Penix got robbed. Go Huskies.